Welcome to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. I'm Laura Katina. And I'm Amy Mara. And we created this podcast out of our own struggles with the hope that we can help other women who are navigating one of the many different seasons we've been through. Whether you're running a business or dealing with the juggling act of your motherhood and your career, we are here to give you real tips and strategies to navigate it all. So let's dive into today's episode. We are so excited to talk about this topic because this is a topic that if we did not cap ourselves for 20 minutes per episode, we could talk about for hours. All day. All day. <laughs> because it's been crucially important for us, not only as business owners, but as moms, as wives, as just human beings to just feel like we can kind of regain control over our time. So today we're going to talk about time management and time management at like a great general sense for us has been really important to just keep it all together. Like we have certain routines that we've implemented. We've talked about on um, the podcast before morning routines, evening routines, routines and, and practices at work. And it's all in the spirit of really trying to make sure that we stay in control of our time and don't let the time be in control of us and make sure that all of the moving parts are kind of working together. So the reason that I wanted to talk about this topic in particular this week is because I don't know. I was having a week like there, there was a full moon this week. Every day I kept on running late to get to the office for one thing or another. And most of it was not foreseeable, just little things that popped up. And that little bit of like an interruption in my daily programming had really like put me back a bit. And I felt very overwhelmed And the reason that I felt so overwhelmed too was because I was not sticking to my best practices for time management. Can you, I don't mean to interrupt you, but while you're talking about this, this is so... Not not really off topic, but can you tell the plant story? Oh my gosh, you guys! I okay. So people so, see like just the chaos, like the chaos, just like everybody else. I'm just as like chaotic as the rest of you. So one particular morning, it was actually um, the day after my birthday, and my parents had lovingly given me a beautiful plant to bring into the office, and I thought that p- transporting this plant from my house to the office. I really hope you're watching because Laura Katina is going to be cracking up next to me. Like I can't make this up. I thought that transporting this thing was going to be a breeze. Okay. I had it in the front seat on the floor of the passenger side of my car and I'm driving along and I just finished dropping off Olivia at camp. And the next thing I know, the plant falls over in my car while I'm accelerating through a light. And like, I did not hit my pedal to the metal. Like I just accelerated and the the plant was not sitting steady and it fell over. I'm like, all right, I'm still in in town. I'm just going to stop at home and I'm going to deal with this situation. And I dealt with it and I was so calm about it. And I was like, all right, great. Now we can go back to work, get back in my car. I'm driving along. And I literally reached the threshold, like the town limits of my town. And I get to the next town and a landscaping truck, two cars ahead of me, slams on its brakes, causing the person in front of me to slam on their brakes. And I had to slam on my brakes. And sure enough, the plant falls over again. Like, I don't know. It was like a black cloud moment. I'm like, I don't have garden gloves with me. I don't have a vacuum with me. Like I have to go back home and deal with this because again, again, I, I knew that I had to just deal with it and just chalk it up to just a really crappy morning. So I did that. 
And I got back on the road and thankfully the plant cooperated (laughs) for the rest of the ride. But that set me back an hour, folks, like an entire hour of my day. And because I know how precious my time is and how structured I have to be because I have certain working hours that I can work within, I felt like the weight of that. Like it also, it's just a really hectic way to start the day. Like your energy translates from that. Absolutely. Was, when you sent us a message about don't even ask about the morning that I'm having, I was like, oh no, what is happening today? It was rough. It was really rough, but I rebounded another day like later. So I was still feeling like I was behind on everything and feeling just like overwhelmed. I was getting my stuff done, but I just didn't have like that steady, calm ease of getting through everything. And I can also feel that when I don't, plan out my days, or I don't stick to the plan that I have set for the day, I almost feel like this frenetic energy and everything then becomes urgent. Like everything is an emergency. Everything is a fire. I have to put it out. And I start to like lose and like kind of blur that line between what my priorities are and what all of the other like crazy emerging, you know, issues are. So I really wanted to come on here to talk one about how this is still an issue that no matter how much we talk about it on this podcast, no matter how many different tools and strategies we talk about, sometimes life literally just derails all of the best of intentions. And um, today we wanted to focus on two time management systems that seem to work really well for both Laura and I. First one that I'm going to talk about is called the Eisenhower Method. It's a pretty popular method. It's like a matrix style time management tool where you have to categorize everything that you put down on a to-do list as one of the four following categories. So the first category is urgent and important. The second category is not urgent, but important. The third category is not important, but urgent. And then the fourth category is not important and not urgent. I love this. You haven't talked about this in a long time. So I'm I'm actually excited to listen to it again. It is one of my favorite. I think Stephen Covey might be the other um, person that has talked about this method. He talks about it a little bit differently or like the way that he sets it up. What book did he write? Invaluable Laws of Growth. Well, like, where did we get this model from? Like, where did you first learn about it from? I think it was from Stephen Covey's book. Okay. And then I'm reading another book that talks about time management and also talks about like overthinking and rumination. So that's, it talks about time management. And this method is called the Eisenhower method because it was first introduced or made public by President Eisenhower, which was interesting. Really cool. Yeah. And so if you follow those four categories, the four categories are prioritized, right? So like the first one being important and urgent, it it speaks for itself. It's important and it's urgent. So that's the top of your priority list. The second category is those not urgent things, but they're important to you. So the example that I always see when this is referenced is taking care of your health and fitness something like going to the gym and working out or eating healthy. That's very important, but you don't have that like sense of urgency attached to it. Like, you know, it's important, but it doesn't have to necessarily be done at like a specific time during the day. Like you don't have to work out in the morning, but you should work out at some point in the day. It should be important to you. So that's something that would be under category two that you schedule accordingly, not necessarily on urgency, but 
you know, you schedule it in. The third category is the trickiest because it's urgent items, but they're not important. So a perfect example of this would be the nonstop emails and notifications that we get to our phones. Those alarms or notifications make everything feel like it's urgent because it is trying to vie for your attention. So what the author suggests and what you know Eisenhower suggested in creating this method was those are the things that if you can delegate them, do it. Like get those things off your plate because at the end of the day, they're not important. They're not important towards your goals. They're not important towards the deadlines that you have to meet. They're not important enough to trump the other two previous categories. So while they might be urgent and they might require a response, see if somebody else can respond for you. And then the last category is the not important, not urgent items. Like in real modern time thinking, it's scrolling social media. It is checking your, you know, celebrity gossip. It is taking a phone call from somebody that, you know, really shouldn't take any of your workday time out of your day. It's those things that are just really not important. It's not urgent. You could take care of it whenever um, or not at all. And those are those things that the author and the, the you know, method um, creators have suggested that you should just delete altogether, delete it from your schedule. Don't even think twice about unapologetically just forgetting about those things. So with those four categories in mind, you then take your to-do list that you write down, brain dump everything. You know, we love a good brain dump around here, brain dump everything. And then you go through and you label every single item on there. Are they a one, two, three, or four? And then you pull out all the ones, you put them in your calendar for the day. Then you start filling in your twos. Then you start to evaluate your threes. And then finally, number four, you really shouldn't be doing it. I really need to do this on Monday. Right? Yeah. I love that you did a brain dump yesterday um, because I know you were feeling like very frazzled this Mm. week and it was just... (laughs) understatement plan story is the best (laughs) the reason I wanted Amy to tell that story not because it was funny even though we were laughing about it when it happened (laughs) but it just shows you how you can make the best time management plans you can have the best plans for your day and things happen like the day goes off the rails and all the plans you made for the day just go poof. Yep. And you just have to pivot and go back home and vacuum out your car twice. <laughs> right, twice. So, you know, it's not that we're like robots and right. this stuff never happens to us. Like right. that's a perfect example of just a morning that we have all the time. Like mm-hmm. it's just life. Yeah. But when you have a system like Amy has to fall back on, it helps you to get back on track. Yeah. Right. And today was one of those days where I, I literally like gloated for a second to Laura. And I was like, do you see how much I've gotten done on this list? But at the end of the day, and we say this in so many different podcast episodes, how you feel at the end of the day is so critical. Like how your energy is. My energy was spot on today. This Today is a Friday when we're recording this. We let the office leave early and I have the best of intentions of getting out of the office a little early today too. And Laura and I were able to meet for like an hour this morning and I still was able to tackle all of the things on my list because I was organized. Like my list didn't control me. I was in control of my list. And that's a big mindset shift. Big difference. Big difference. Like feeling like, look, you could put everything on a to-do list 
And you can say everything is important, but it's when you start to categorize those really urgent things, like what is that deadline that you know you have to meet? What is that that task for a client that you know you have to just get off of your plate? Those are the things that are going to creep up the ladder of that category and they're going to land on your daily planner. And that's the point is that, sure, there's going to be things that pop up. There's going to be emergencies that come up throughout the day that you're going to have to deal with. And I think that's where time blocking comes into play so much. But at least you have the control over those needle moving items, those those projects that you have to complete, those things you have to do, the tasks you have to do. And this applies in real, you know, in your business life, in your your home life, et cetera. It really is interchangeable, but I love this method. I think it really helps people get a sense of control over their to-do list. And I think that that method fits in with the time blocking method that I love so much because I live by time blocking every morning when I sit down at my desk. First thing I do, unless I have some emergency going on, first thing I do is I sit down, I look at my goals Mm -hmm. and I break down what I have to do for the day. And then I have a planner. I use a simplified planner and every day is in our blocks and I do focus blocks. So, and it goes along with the 12 week year, which we've talked about. Um, we are in year three now. So crazy. Um, and I think to this morning I wrote down, there are 40 days left. Okay. okay. 40 business working days. left. Okay. Okay. In year three. So I will block out the time that I can make during the day for focus time. And I highlight it in my planner. Mm -hmm. So on the bottom of my page, I have my goals. I have the amount of that I want to either bill or or number of closings I want to get that week. And I break it down by the day. So say I need to bill a certain number of hours that day, I will write that goal down at the bottom of the page. And then I highlight when my focus blocks are going to be. But your method fits in with that because it'll help you see what you should be doing during those focus time blocks. Yep. Right? Yep. And that's that's the point is you are trying to prioritize your to-do list, which can be super long and really overwhelming. And until you start to categorize it, you won't know what to put into that focus block because look, as Laura has mentioned a thousand times now at this point, the 12-week year is really about short-term windows and like realistic goals that you can meet in that time period. So if she was putting some of the lesser urgent and important items like admin work in those critical focus blocks. And I also want you to talk about too, like where you strategically place your focus blocks throughout the day, because your energy can also dictate when those focus blocks are like, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be the best use of your time. It wouldn't be managing your time the best way possible. Yeah. So after early afternoon, I usually don't have any more focus blocks Mm -hmm. unless I have something in the morning where like I have a closing or I have to be in court where I can't have any focus time in the morning, then I'll do it later in the day. Um, But at least for and our our schedule is changing through different seasons of the year, right? So now it's the summer. My daughter is in camp, so I have to pick her up by 4.15 every day. I normally try to get there at 4.05. So I know that she's literally like five minutes from my office. So I know that I have to be out of my office by four o'clock. So all of my focus blocks happen before that time. Mm -hmm. Now, when I get home, I usually log back on um, and I'll do work probably until like 5, 5.30. Um, But 
that's not a focus block for me. That's right. me, you know, finishing up emails, making sure I didn't miss anything for the day and just cleaning everything up basically from the day. Yeah. But my focus, my real focus blocks tend to be in the morning because I'm a morning person. I'm up early. Everybody knows this. And I just focus better in the morning. Yeah. I always, I eat lunch typically, you know, a similar time every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I block that out in my planner. I write lunch slash admin. Cause I could do administrative stuff after I eat lunch, but I definitely focus better earlier in the day. What I also love about this topic is it gives you permission to use your time. Like it gives you the permission. If you're blocking out that focus time and you say, I'm going to show up in that focus block with the discipline to get my focus items done during that time, it gives you the permission to not have to be so focused in the other areas of your day. Yes. Like you don't have to And I think we're programmed this way. We've been seeing this a lot come up, especially just about being moms and about being women and women in business that we think we have to do it all. We think that we have to get it all done. And we tend to overload our plates to the point where we like, just, we really are just burning ourselves out Mm -hmm. uh, just endlessly. And so the way that time blocking kind of helps alleviate that is If you are not a a morning person, your energy is not best in the morning, maybe it's better in the afternoon. Maybe you take the first three hours of your day and pour into yourself, do things for you, get some admin done that you need to get done. Maybe that kind of like starts your engines a little bit. And then you say, okay, but by one o'clock from one to three, that's going to be my focus block. And I'm going to work really diligently during that time. By setting up the schedule like that, you give yourself the permission to say, from nine to one, I can do all of those other tasks. Like I'm free to do whatever else is on my to-do list during that period of time and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. And the other thing I typically try to do is I try to leave my phone calls for the afternoon. Mm. I love Brenda Burchard says that he, I, he has said a million times, he doesn't do phone calls before one o'clock because, because that's where his doing, energy is that's best. Where his energy is right. Best. He is doing focused work before one o'clock in the afternoon. And I, you know, typically, well, unless I absolutely have to schedule a phone call for the morning, Mm -hmm. I try to leave it for the afternoon because I know by that time, my focus is not gone, but not as good as it is in the morning. So I try to leave my phone calls until the afternoon. Right. And that's all dependent on like, look for phone calls for us, that might make the most sense because of the business that we're in. Right. But if you need to, if you're in sales and you have to make those sales calls, or if you're in like direct marketing and you have to do those sales, those, you know, outreach communications, maybe you do that in the morning. Yeah. I was actually watching an interview. This is actually with body coaches the other day or partners, whatever they're called nowadays, but there's one that I absolutely love. And she was doing a training and that I just happened to be watching the other day. And she goes, I actually work out. And as soon as I'm done, because I have that like serotonin hit and I'm like really excited and I have a lot of energy. That's when I do my outreach and my like, you know, follows up follow-ups yeah. with all of my customers or clients or potential people. And she's like, I know my energy is the highest and I'm the most excited at that time to actually reach out to people and be the most communicative and be like really excited about what I have to share. So she's very self-aware in the fact that that's the best time that makes the most sense for her to make those kinds of calls. And she schedules it that way. Isn't that crazy? Who was that? Pat Napolitano. Oh, 
She's, she's the pit. Um, but it's so true. You have to know yourself. And it's so easy, at least in the business we are in, to come into the office and just start drowning in emails. Mm-hmm. Like, And I sometimes will get caught up in that. I'll yes. sit down at my desk and I'll turn the computer on and I'll see the emails and I'll just start looking and responding. And then I have to take, I literally have to close out of my email mm. and say, hold on a second. I didn't even plan my day yet. And I'll like take it back, take it down a notch and plan the day. Yep. And then I can move on from there. Yeah. Um, because if I don't do that, it just like devolves into chaos. Yeah. Because those emails can be such a time suck and yeah. they can be an energy suck because you're like, Oh, who is looking for me now? Who's asking for what, you know, something else about, and we could talk about emails too, and email etiquette for ever as well. But something that I do with emails, instead of just responding to them right away, I categorize them. I put them in all of the full, you know, I love a good subfolder in an outlook. I created all of them. I I know you did, (laughs) but I will organize them into subfolders. And then I will say, okay, time to address emails. And I go through my subfolders on my emails and I write down again, I have to, I have to write it down and get it out of the inbox out of my brain. I have to get it on a piece of paper so I can see it and organize it that way. And then I'll say, okay, I need to follow up on this transaction. I need to do this. I need to respond to this email. Bing, bang, boom. I love that. Because the other thing I hate to do is leave a full inbox. Oh right? my God, absolutely. No. That's so, right. Like even if we, so I'm leaving early today. We decided during the summer, we close our office at two. And so I have really, really been trying to, I haven't gotten out at two o'clock yet, No, but- I've been trying to cut my day short Mm -hmm. on Fridays because we only have a couple more weeks of this and I've actually, it's been helping me a lot. Like it gives me something to look forward to on Fridays or whatever. But when I go home, I will still sit down for a couple minutes, look through my emails, make sure I didn't miss anything today because it, it makes me, it's like, almost like it, like it puts a bow on the day. Like it, it's done. Mm-hmm. I went through the emails. Everything is responded to. Everything is taken care of. And if it didn't need to be responded to today, I can leave it until the next day or yeah. Monday. Yep. Um, but these time saving and planning tools have really, really been integral for us um, in how we function every day. So can you just go through one more time the four categories? Sure. Four categories. So the first category is urgent and important. Those are the things you want to get done no matter what. Second is not urgent, but important. Those are those things that you still need to plan, but they just might take second seat, backseat priority. Third is not important, but urgent. Those are those, you know, annoying emails that might be popping in and you're like, okay, I should deal with them. You can probably delegate those. And then the last is not urgent, not important. I mean, that speaks for itself. You shouldn't be even bothering. Yes. And when you... When you incorporate those four categories and are able to prioritize what you should be doing during your time blocking, your focused blocks, mm-hmm. it is literally life-changing. So life-changing. we hope these tips are helpful. We thank you for spending time with us and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. We thank you for spending time with us today and we'll talk to you on the next episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and perhaps share it with someone that you think might benefit from today's episode. We'll see you next week.